The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. What's happening, everybody? A good Monday to you all. Welcome to another week. I was going to say day, but we got a week going. A Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. I am your host, Dan Bespris. Thanks so much for joining us on this Monday midday. I guess you're morning some places, but not that many anymore. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. The recruiting pitch continues here at HoopBall. Great time, by the way, to break into the industry. Everybody else says the season is winding down. We say, screw that. We want to wind up. Let's get folks into the pipeline here where we are bringing on contributors in the full season and DFS fantasy portions of our Website here at HoopBall, hoop-ball.com. So if you think you got what it takes and you're ready to take the plunge, hit me up on Twitter, at Dan Bespris, or email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. This is Monday. It is reverse chronological lightning round Monday. So we'll go backwards through the weekend, every team's most recent game, and get you reset, recalibrated for the week ahead, which we are winding into. Speaking of winding on today's show, that is the... The word of the day, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, winding the word of the day. It's damn near playoff time. In fact, I think the, some leagues, you might even have the playoffs starting now. Many leagues, it starts a week from today, which would take you to everything but the last seven days of the regular season. So a three-week playoff, we starting a week from today, would leave out that last seven days of ultra-silly season. Although we're starting to inch up on silly season already, and that's... A beef I have, a yet another beef I have with head-to-head leagues. And I know, look, we're going to deal with them here on this podcast because I'm in some. Many of you are in them. They are quite popular, more popular than Roto. I think they happen to be kind of dumb this year. Given the COVID, the rest days, the sprint of a schedule, your team, you're like 30 or 40% is the chance this year of you just getting wiped out in your head-to-head league for no reason other than you got real unlucky with COVID protocols or silly season, it's a mess. I mean, they're just, everybody's hurt right now. Every damn body is hurt right now. So I'll try to shelve the you guys should all be playing Roto with me discussions for now. But it is worth mentioning that even if you started your playoffs now, or even if you started them last week, you're still going to run into some Silly season. It's just the nature of the beast. Now, silly season starts with like three, four weeks left to go in the regular year, which, you know, maybe in an 82-game season, I could argue lopping off the last two weeks doesn't really make that big of a deal. You slice out six, seven games from some teams. You still got 75 to play with between playoffs and regular season. You slice off two weeks this year, and you're talking about 55 games before the playoffs, basically? Roughly, pretty close to where we're at now. I don't like it. It's just not enough. Regular season needs a little bit more meat to it. Yet another reason we should have all been playing Roto this year. But anyway, all of that, very long explanation to say that starting late this week, we will begin our streaming charts here on the podcast. We'll start talking about how to stream, guys. Long stream and short stream. Maximize your weekly moves 
Because once you get into the playoffs, your weekly moves are no longer about hunting upside. You are hunting immediate production with as few moves as possible. Get guys that are playing three games in four nights, four games in six nights, five games in seven nights, five and seven, three and four, and back-to-backs. Those are sort of your really juicy ones. Four and six is fine, but that guy better be just a little bit better than a traditional stream because a lot of teams have four games in six nights, not super infrequent. Better than four and seven, I guess. Better than four and seven. So that'll be coming up here in the not-too-distant future. We're already starting to crack open that nut. I spent some time last night, actually, uh, near midnight, just scouring team schedules and kind of starting to look ahead, particularly towards next week when a lot of teams, when a lot of leagues are going to start their playoffs because it is a weird scheduling week. Next week is. This week, not quite so much. Next week, you've got uh, Raptors have a two-gamer, I think, or is that... Yeah, that's next week. Raptors have a two-gamer. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ten teams have three games. So there's a very real chance you could get unlucky and just have a bunch of the guys on three gamers and be out-gamed in a playoff week. Another reason to play Roto. Especially this year, because we didn't even have the schedule when you drafted your team. We didn't even have it. In any event, let's start on Sunday. Let's work our way backwards. It's reverse chronological lightning round. It's Monday, so you guys know the drill. Atlanta was in Charlotte. Atlanta and Charlotte, both these teams severely shorthanded. Hawks were without Gallo, and then you added Trey Young to the mix. He's dealing with a sore calf. And they won it anyway, because Bogdan at eight three-pointers, had one of his better games. Didn't shoot the ball great, but certainly did more than enough in this anemic offensive battle between these two teams. You know, I I don't really think that streaming other Hawks is that wise right now. Lou Williams played 29 minutes in this game. I'm a little surprised he didn't take more shots or do more stuff. I'm assuming Trey Young's going to be back relatively soon. Didn't sound like it was too serious. They won without him. Which I guess means maybe they don't have to rush him back as much. But, you know, I, if you want to stream Brandon Goodwin... More power to you. That just freaks me out. Or Solomon Hill. That just freaks me out. The Hawks have Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, Danilo Gallinari, Trey Young, and John Collins all out right now. Five key rotation guys are on the shelf, which of course means that Bogdan Bogdanovich is going to get usage into the heavens and played 41 minutes in this game yesterday. But it also means that, you know, Any one of those guys coming back could smash a bunch of guys all at the same time. Because you had all these dudes that really weren't even making noise at all, and then they're now just sort of barely over the cut line. One guy coming back could derail all of that. So I'm not really racing out to pick up Solomon Hill or Brandon Goodwin. I think these guys are coming back soon. And uh, Bogdan, you just keep rolling with him until everybody comes back, basically. At that point, he probably will turn back into a bit of a pumpkin, because... We know he needs a lot of usage to be of value, but he's getting it right now. On the Charlotte side, P.J. Washington turned his ankle, and you can add him to the list of Hornets that are missing to Malik Monk, Gordon Hayward, LaMelo Ball, P.J. Washington. Jalen McDaniels was a very hot pickup middle of last week. Came back down to earth a tiny bit in this ballgame. Still played 29 minutes, though, so if you want to stream 
Jalen McDaniels are probably in pretty good shape. And now with Washington going down, uh, we don't know for how long. I, hopefully it's a short-term thing. Maybe he doesn't miss any time at all. But Cody Zeller probably slots into a pretty good role. And I don't know how they wouldn't start him if Washington has to miss another any kind of ball game or time. Miles Bridges, he's getting more than enough right now with everybody hurt. He's one of the guys that I think you can feel more safe trotting out there. Um, yeah, I'll give Jalen McDaniels the go-ahead on, on streamer. And they've got a back-to-back coming up, I think, right? Tomorrow, next day, in that back-to-back for Charlotte. Uh, I might be getting that wrong. Either way, yeah, he's streamable. Once you get word on P.J. Washington, you might know if Cody Zeller is streamable. I'm inclined to think he probably will be. And then the other guys are a little more obvious. Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, Miles Bridges, those guys are all in. And if Washington is healthy, then you plop him in as well and probably take Zeller out. Boston-Denver, this is a pretty weird one. Denver was riding a, a monster winning streak, and they just totally fell apart in the second half. They scored something like four points in the last, like, 11 minutes of this. I'm like, it was nuts. Boston went on, I think, a 31-4 to run at some point in this ballgame. Denver shot 36%, and apparently they were just drunk. Afternoon Sunday game. Whoops. No fantasy notes on it, really. Starters for Denver played big minutes, and nobody else did. Easy. Kind of the same story for Boston, although... You know, Robert Williams, they kind of have him capped out around 26, and then other guys will fill in the edges. But this is a very minimal impact fantasy game, as was the next one, because it was nearly a 40-point blowout without Giannis Antetokounmpo. That is, by the way, kind of an issue on the Orlando side. I get it. Orlando's bad. Bobby Portis is your stream as long as Giannis is out. And that's about all I got on Milwaukee. For Orlando, this is a team we're monitoring every single game. And this one, we got more of the same general crap, which is they're going to try to play about 10 guys 25 minutes apiece. That's annoying. That's annoying. Wendell Carter Jr. is over the cut line. Uh, Terrence Ross, who had a very bad game, is also generally over the cut line. Those are the two I think you can call safe plays right now. Gary Harris started and played 27 minutes, and I've got to think that on this roster, he actually might get enough usage to hit radars. I don't think you have to pick him up. Put him on your watch list for now. And then Mo Bamba, who we did a whole segment on on Friday's show, and it was basically like, I think I I tweeted a hashtag, get get Mo to 20, or get Mo 20 minutes. Mo got 21 minutes. And he's been awesome when he clears 20. A block, five three-pointers, 21 and five. Uh, I mean, add him. Add Mo Bamba. He and Wendell Carter Jr., you've got actually a timeshare now where both guys are hitting the mark. Uh, if it stays at 27-21, I actually think I might prefer Bamba in that spot. He just racks up fantasy stats like nobody's business. But you can make a very good case for both. Also of note, uh, Cole Anthony played more minutes than Michael Carter-Williams. Did that have to do with the blowout? It's it's conceivable. I don't know why Michael Carter-Williams is playing over 20 minutes a game anymore anyway now. In a team that's gone into full tank mode, there's sort of no reason to. Cole Anthony, not a great fantasy stat set. Profiles more as a points league guy. I think you could pick him up as a speculative ad in points leagues. I don't think you need to in category formats. Pelicans beat the Cavaliers 116-109. 
No Lonzo Ball again in and out of the lineup, the hip stuff. I, you know, he'll play sporadically, I guess, the rest of the way. But Zion and Brandon Ingram are back, and they both made a pretty good stink in this ball game. Najee Marshall has been filling in in the backcourt. He had 15-7-4. I don't trust him as a streamer I'd use every day. In fact, I'd rather use James Johnson, who came off the bench and played 33 minutes in this one, had nine points, five boards, four assists, two steals. His across-the-board fantasy game, you know, I thought he was going to disappear when Zion and B.I. came back, but it looks like Stan Van Gundy really likes him, probably because of that versatility and because he does actually play a little bit of defense. So stick with James Johnson longer than we thought. Made a couple of pre-drops on him. Luckily, nobody cared, and I got him back. I like James Johnson in, in Roto Leagues right now. Head-to-head, uh, it's not quite as compelling, but still reasonable. Dean Wade, who I kind of laughed at on Friday's show, I said, nah, I'm not going to take that plunge. And I'm still not taking that plunge, despite a few good games in a row for Dean. He's playing well, uh, but we did get good news over the weekend. Larry Nance Jr. and Jared Allen returned to Cavs practices on Friday. Apparently, Nance lost like 15 pounds, so this had to be an inflammatory bowel situation. So he's going to try to get his strength back before playing. But we'll probably see, I would venture to guess, both of those guys before this week is over which means Isaiah Hartenstein, Dean Wade, fare thee well. We also had no uh, Darius Garland and no Colin Sexton in this one. So the Cavs were in strong tank mode. Matthew Dellavedova played 34 minutes and had 10 assists, but, you know, don't. Kevin Love took 17 shots and played 31 minutes. He's fired up right now, and he'll probably rest back-to-backs. In fact, I can pretty much guarantee it, but he's good to go. So Kevin Love is good to go. Sexton, Garland, they're good to go when they get back. I'm not... Isaiah Hartenstein ended up being a streamer for longer than expected, but he's close to running out of rope, and, you know, I don't know. I guess if you wanted to to trot him out there and hope that... I think they play again on Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. They had a couple days off here. Uh, Even if they go sooner than that. Are they sooner than that, guys? Somebody somebody get me... uh, Somebody get me the right data on this one. Here, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out on the fly, which I'm sure is what you guys tuned in for. Is Hey, when do these guys play again? Uh, Larry Nance plays... Yeah, Wednesday. I had it right. I spent all that time when I had it right. Anyway, you know, there's a chance Nance and Allen need another game before they play. So in such a case, Hartenstein would be still be a good stream. And Wade might be a good stream. And, you know, if Sexton and Garland are out, then Delavadova might be one. But I just can't advocate making move on those guys on Monday when they don't play till Wednesday. They might not even be useful. Knicks beat the Raptors. I don't know why I didn't play this game. I knew the Knicks were going to win this one. Toronto had that crazy shooting performance. They were due for a fat shooting letdown. I had so many questions about dropping Chris Boucher over the last few weeks. Please let this last couple games answer the question. It's an up and down season for him. Kyle Lowry came back, which moved Malachi Flynn to the bench. He still played 27 minutes, but really didn't get to do very much with it. Flynn, not a great foul shooter, not a great field goal percent guy, so he was kind of an always-needed big usage, and I think we may have seen the end of Flynn sanity. Gary Trent Jr.'s had a couple of hot ones in a row. Still opportunities to move him if you want. I would. Freddie Van Fleet will come back at some point. That will... Probably pushed DeAndre Bembry to the bench, who's doing nothing in his time now with everybody else starting to come back. But that's where you stand on the Raptors. On the Knicks side, Nerlens 
I do love me some Nerlens. Everybody's always too afraid of Tosh Gibson taking that job. He's not taking the job away from Noel. Nerlens is just faster. He's he's Tosh is old. I know that Tibbs loves him, but he's just old. So there will be those games. I said it. I think I said it about one every three games where Taj will get more minutes than Nerlens Noel. The other two, you're going to get robust fantasy stats from Nerlens, who, you know, I can't quit that dude. He's one of my favorites. You guys know I love me some Nerlens Noel, and I always will. How's he been doing lately? Pretty good. 4-2-2-4-4. What did I just list off? His blocks in his last five ball games, 16 of them. Over three blocks a game over his last five. One of those he didn't score. But you know who cares? Not me. He also has three steals in those five games. Four steals. Excuse me. Four steals in those five games. So .8 steals in three blocks a game. Uh, 3.2. He's a defensive stat monster. And this is what we always talk about the upside on Nerlens Noel. When he's comfortable in a lineup, uh, he's, he's a defensive superhero, basically. He's right at the edge of the top 100 while scoring seven points a game. It's just, you know, yeah, roll with him. Roll with it. Other news on the Knicks. Um, you know, I've been keeping an eye on Derrick Rose. It seemed like he was kind of getting it going late last week. He didn't play as many minutes in this one. The shot sort of wasn't falling. I still don't think he's all the way there. He's getting there little by little. We'll know it when it's, you know, more than one game, when it's not just that quick little flash. And we're like, oh, yeah, okay, there it is. And, you know, we're, we're inching up on it right now. We're inching up on it. But he's not a must-start guy until it's all the way back. Because his fantasy stat set just doesn't support it. He needs to be getting to the foul line. He needs to be hitting his field goal attempts. He needs to be orchestrating in that second unit. That's not happening very much right now. Indy beat Memphis 132-125. This is in regulation, folks. This is a crazy high-paced game. I mean, there was... Why slow down, I guess? Why, why slow down even for a moment? Malcolm Brogdon, Demonis Sabonis, they're back for Indiana. Karis LeVert had one of his big ones, so this is another one of those sell opportunities, again, provided your league isn't past its trade deadline. We, uh, we don't have really uh, any good news on Miles Turner, so just keep waiting that one out. They'll just play a little bit smaller in the interim. And I think, you know, generally when one of their starters is out, Justin Holiday probably slips back up and above the cut line, and this one is because of steals, blocks, and assists. And that's not that crazy for him. Usually it's three-pointers and steals. He's uh, probably worth streaming right now if you need that uh, large cache of uh, steals and three-pointers. Otherwise, meh, you know... And for those of you that are like, he actually hasn't had that many steals lately. Yeah, that's that's part of why he got dropped in a lot of places and honestly wasn't playing very well. But we know enough about Justin Holiday to know that that stuff averages out. And so if someone is hurt on this team and his usage gets that ever so slight bump to get him back up from, you know, six shots to nine shots or whatever that, that number needs to be. He's at six and a half shots over the last week. If you take him to the full season, he's at nine. And, you know, steals, he's at half a steal over the last couple of weeks. And and let's see. When you go back to the last month, he's at you know 1.3. And if you go even the last two weeks, it jumps up to 1.4. He's in a shooting funk also, shooting about 34% over the last two weeks, 36% for a month. 
if you adjust his field goal percent back up to career mark in the low 40s, then he's back inside the top 100 again. But you need the threes. You need to need the threes, and you need to need steals because he's not going to do it in many other categories. I have teams where that's the case. I think we all do at this point. You know, that you're stat hunting at this part of the season, so don't overlook little stuff like that. Golga Batadze had five blocks and 18 minutes off the bench. He's actually not a terrible streamer, and he's got, uh, they're sitting on a back-to-back here coming up in, is that tomorrow and the next day? Am I getting that right? Double-check myself on that back-to-back. Yeah, that's uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. So, you know, I don't think Miles Turner's coming back anytime soon, but Tazzy got picked up in uh, pretty much everywhere in my leagues. I don't know if that's the case in all of yours because it looked briefly like both Miles Turner and Demonis Sabonis might be on the shelf. But here's the thing about Patadze. He's uh, big. <laughs> He's a huge human being. He's 7 feet, about 260. And his block rate is excellent. He's had 1.2 blocks in only 11 minutes a game so far this year. And that's actually translated pretty well. If you look at Goga's game log this season, there's a pretty obvious trend line. When he plays more than 15 minutes, he gets more than one block. It's not quite one-to-one, but it's pretty damn close. And over his last four games, he has 11 blocks. So he's up around three a game in about 18 minutes over that span. Need blocks? There's your guy. Doesn't rebound all that much. Not because he's not a great rebounder, but because he's just not on the floor long enough to get 8 to 10 rebounds. He's playing 18 minutes. That's probably enough to get him about 5 or 6. So again, stat hunting. This is this is very much a niche thing to be doing. But Goga is interesting uh, because their schedule is pretty good because they go 4 over the final 6 days of this week. So you could have gotten someone else to play today and then flipped over to Goga for the next 4 and I don't I don't think Miles Turner's coming back this week. So put that on your radar as well if you want to hunt down some blocks. Memphis side. Uh, you know what's trending down these days is Brandon Clark. 22 minutes here. Really thought this was going to be a year he got up around 25. He's slumping, and he's fallen outside the top 110 in nine category leagues. Meanwhile, Jonas Valanciunas has had this gigantic second half. He was one of our buy-low wrecks at the All-Star break, and that looks like it's going pretty well. Slow-mo's been great, and then everybody else just gets some minutes. Dylan Brooks actually gets to play quite a lot also. He's sort of their defensive whiz kid. I don't know about Brandon Clark these days. I'm going to hang on. I, I just have to hope that it settles itself out. But, boy, th- this team isn't even fully healthy, and he can't get to mid-high 20s in minutes. It's not a great look. They did lose this game. So maybe that was maybe that was part of it. Maybe a little more Clark. He took 11 shots, just wasn't making them, and then missed his two free throws. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I think uh, he had to be ruthless this time of the year. You, you don't have to hold Brandon Clark right now. They play tonight, so you can give him one more. Chicago, Minnesota, the Wolves with a victory. Sounds like D'Angelo Russell probably going to sit out the uh, second half of a back-to-back, but he was brilliant in this one. I had 27 points on only 13 shots. And uh, guess who also had a pretty good game was Ricky Rubio. 17 points, four boards, nine assists. Yeah, playing Chicago's defense, that helps everybody. Uh, But Rubio's hanging on to value right now, even if his minutes uh, a little bit lower in this one. That's something to keep watch on. Nas Reed actually played more. They went bigger 
for stretches in this ball game. Is that something they'll do every game? I guess not. This, by the way, I believe was the anniversary of Carl Anthony Towns losing his mom, which, had I known, I think we probably would have realized Minnesota was going to play their asses off. Um, rough year for Cat, man. I, I, I can't even imagine what that uh, that poor dude is going through these days. He's locked so many family members to this pandemic. Uh, we'll try not to talk too much on that. Bit of a downer. Um, Chicago side. I saw Thad Young get dropped in a league. I know he only played 20 minutes in this one. Uh, happened to be because Daniel Tice was actually playing really well. Tice got some bonus time because Chicago was getting run a bit. I don't think it was Thad's fault, but he was part of a lineup that was partially responsible for it. Vooch only played 28 minutes in this game, too. So a little bit of screwball stuff. Billy Donovan sending some messages to his team. No real valuation changes there. It was nice to see Troy Brown Jr. play pretty well. I don't think you're picking him up. You're not picking up Tice. Kobe White has been teetering on the brink of drop-worthy for a little while now. Sato hanging on at the back end of standard league value. And then Thad, you got to hang on to Thad, man. He's been too damn good all year. Spurs beat the Mavs. DeJounte Murray was uh, wonderful. Jakob Pertl, solid. Derek White, solid. DeMar, good. Keldon, not good. Dallas side, KP, big ball game. Sounds like he's uh, questionable, possibly resting on the back-to-back. We don't know yet. It's a big game coming up for Dallas. They've got Philly. Porzingis is just finally starting to look pretty good again. I'm a little surprised that the Mavs lost this game. They just couldn't defend anybody because offensively they were pretty good. Josh Richardson was solid. He's been... I, I downgraded him into streamer department, and you can probably leave him there, but it wasn't that far off. He was, it was decent enough in this ballgame. Uh, do you have to start him every game? No, you don't. Miami beat Portland. This game really wasn't as close as the final score might indicate. Uh, Blazers did... Both teams did run their starters out there again late just to make sure that there wasn't one of those vintage Dame comeback stories. Dame was actually terrible in this one. Miami deed him up perfectly, and he was just tired. This was a this was a rest advantage game, if ever I've seen one. Miami had spent two days off just chilling to start their road trip. Blazers played the night before. Uh, and Portland beat Miami in Miami earlier this year with no Jimmy Butler. So slightly different look, I'd say. Notes on the Miami side, Victor Oladipo out with this weird knee thing. We don't really know what his status is. What it does for us is it brings Kendrick Nunn back into the streaming discussion. He went from not playing, and he was hurt for some parts of that, so I don't want to put all of it on personnel, but he went from not playing to 32 minutes overnight, basically. And, you know, he took third most shots on the team. I think Duncan Robinson's a guy you got to get fired up right now. Bam had a weird low rebounding game. Kind of everybody did. He just, he were terrible on the glass. Luckily, they took good care of the basketball. So put an eye on Kendrick Nunn as a possible streamer here going forward, depending on what happens with Victor Oladipo. And on the Portland side, uh, Yusuf Nurkic finally played more minutes than Ennis Cantor, but neither one of them got that many. Yusuf 6-9-4 and four with three blocks. Cantor 10-8 and eight with nothing else off the bench. And right now, they're kind of sucking each other from value. It'll it'll turn at some point here. You hang on to both for now. Detroit Clippers. You want to talk about a game where nobody played any defense. Detroit shot 53%. Clippers shot 63%. Nearly lost this game. Luckily, 
Detroit was ready to hand it over later in the contest. There, there, there's a tank going on there. This is in Detroit. It's a little bit of a clever tank because they're, Dwayne Casey's still running veterans out there. Corey Joseph played 32 minutes with Killian Hayes and Dennis Smith Jr. sitting out on a back-to-back. Kojo's actually playing weirdly well right now. I'm, I remain super hesitant to recommend him as anything other than a streamer. Uh, I have to believe that Detroit's plans are to slowly ramp up Hayes and Dennis Smith Jr., but honestly, with, with Casey, it may take a little bit. He makes everybody earn every minute that they're on the floor, and there's a positive to that. You know, that like to say that the young guys aren't learning anything by watching or playing bench minutes is sort of wrong. Like there is there is definitely a correlation between playing more minutes and improving, just kind of understanding the pace of the NBA game, but there's also something to be said for studying under veterans or playing with them and kind of uh learning how to play the game better. Look at Oklahoma City last year. It's different when the guy teaching everyone is Chris Paul, who's one of the greatest point guards of all time and knows just how to get everybody involved the right amount while also teaching them. Detroit doesn't exactly have that in Corey Joseph, but they might want a veteran point guard out there to just sort of stabilize the boat. Meanwhile, Mason Plumlee played 27 minutes to Isaiah Stewart's 21, so apparently that pendulum hasn't quite shifted yet you can stick with Plumlee a little bit longer Josh Jackson has been racking up mega usage over their weekend back-to-back and he's worth a long look in uh points leagues in particular I I don't trust him as far as I can throw him in category leagues Sadiq Bey is still a three-pointer steal specialist kind of guy that doesn't change much here and I think that's probably the story on Detroit Hamadou Diallo probably a drop Hayes and Smith those guys are also drops if you're picking anybody up at this time of year, they better be playing in a damn back-to-back, or they better be really freaking good. Can't be, can't be neither. Clippers side, Kawhi Leonard sat out the back-to-back. They figured they could beat the Pistons, and they almost screwed it up. Paul George has been on a heater. Marcus Morris got blindingly hot for this ball game. He would, he had been cooling off a little bit lately. Serge Ibaka, we finally got a little bit of a timeline. He's out for the Clippers. Quick little three-game road trip jaunt, but I think they're hoping to get him back pretty soon after that. I don't know that Ivica Zubac gives up this job, though. He's been quite good as the Clippers' starting center. Nick Batum also ratcheted his game back up for this one. He's been pretty good, actually, the last two weeks. Sort of the quiet, productive nine-cat Nick Batum. He's the kind of guy that I appreciate as a roto dude, but I totally get it if he doesn't do it for you. Because you're, you're talking about, like, eight points four boards, two assists, a steal, a block, and one and a half three-pointers, which isn't blowing the roof off everyone, but we've talked about it before. If you're, like, around league average in most categories, you're going to be sub-league average in scoring, then that puts you in that 75 range. I don't think that's going to stick as guys come back, but they've got some dudes out right now for the Clippers. Someone was asking me my thoughts on Rajon Rondo, and, and I pointed them to the Friday podcast, which was the please no category on Rajon Rondo it's not no with no Pat Beverly it's Reggie Jackson that's your point guard if you want to take a shot on it but he's also a little bit more built for points leagues because he doesn't do much besides score and sometimes pass no real defensive stats to speak of turning the clock back to Saturday as we continue rumbling along here through our 
reverse chronological lightning round. Toronto had that back-to-back. So did Cleveland. I don't really want to dive too much into this because we already talked about those two teams. Lakers beat the Nets. Kyrie Irving and Dennis Schroeder got ejected. If you want to know why, I'm going to let you guys go figure this one out on your own. This is me not wading into waters where I don't belong. It had to do with something said by Dennis Schroeder to Kyrie Irving. I'll leave it at that. But then we found out Kyrie is going to miss a game for personal reasons. I don't... I, I wish we knew more, really, because the optics of it, it looks like Dennis Schroeder upset Kyrie. They got ejected, and now Irving's like, screw this, I need a game off. But I, it also could very much be something else. Might be something going on at home. I don't know. It could just be a coincidence. I feel like... And I know it's not really our place we don't deserve to know what's going on in with Kyrie Irving outside of a basketball standpoint but I think if it's something else if it really is a family matter it would probably improve the optics to give us some small indicator of what it is like oh Kyrie Irving's back home because uh there's an illness in the family or Kyrie's back home because I don't know what the hell could be going on back home anything like parent having uh, an issue with insurance. I, like the thousand things it could be. But if it's Kyrie just annoyed about something that happened in a ball game and needs more time off, I, I don't, I don't know, whatever. I guess as long as his teammates can get over it, then who the hell cares what I think. So we don't know. That's where we're at on that one. Um, with Brooklyn, you know, I, LaMarcus Aldridge apparently is a bit under the weather, so he's likely to miss their next ball game. but he had been putting up some fantasy value prior to that. So I think you can stick with that one. KD, Joe Harris, Kyrie, those are your guys right now until James Harden comes back. On the Lakers' side, Andre Drummond at 20-11 and 11 with a steal, a block, and four out of six shooting from the field, and only 22 minutes, and really, you know, he's looked pretty good for the Lakers so far. He's not going to get anywhere near where he was in his Pistons days. I don't even know that he gets near where he was in his in his Cavs days, but he is a startable fantasy asset at this point. And then uh, the rest of the Lakers go. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker is a really interesting stream if Wesley Matthews misses more time. KCP has been warming up. That's very much a targeted, you-need-three-pointers kind of stream. Dennis Schroeder is a guy you can start every game. Markeith Morris actually is a guy you can probably start every game provided no one comes back for the Lakers. So he he also falls into kind of that streamer. And as I scan the whole team now, that was a little bit out of order. So Andre Drummond is a start. Kyle Kuzma, who was out, is... I would wait and see, really, on him. You could probably stream him if you want, but I... Uh, Montrez, I think he falls out of fantasy value with the addition of Andre Drummond. I don't I don't see how they coexist in a way, because Montrez was getting a ton of minutes because they didn't want to play Marcus Gasol more than about 18 minutes a ball game. Drummond's going to ramp up from that, and you can't play Montrez at the four. You can't play Drummond at the four. So someone's losing out here. So Harrell, who you can still roll with if you want, you know he'll, he'll be a positive field goal percent guy for you. I just don't know that the usage is going to be there to float some of the other missing stuff. So Montrez, probably streamer, a slightly sub-streamer. KCP, same general department. Taylor Orton Tucker, kind of the same story. Light, slightly sub-stream ready, but good enough if you're targeting particular stats. And then Morris, 
Uh, he's actually been one of the safer plays on the team. But again, you kind of have to be looking for steals and threes and maybe a little bit of rebounding there. Sacramento lost to Utah by 16. They actually led this game uh, early in the third quarter, and then the whole thing just came apart at the seams. I don't know how long the Kings keep up this charade, but there's sort of no point in turning into the tank now. They didn't trade anybody away at the deadline, nobody of relevance at least. They brought on DeLon Wright to apparently not play him, uh, and they're starting Mo Harkless, who had 11-8 and eight with two steals and two blocks on Saturday. I, I just... I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I'd i like to tell you that there's absolutely nothing there, but if they really insist on starting Mo and playing him 31 minutes the rest of the way, he's probably worth a grab. So let's let's watch for one more. Watch for one more, because I don't think anybody else is racing out to pick him up either. Mike Conley is set to sit one out. Um, hamstring stuff. Jordan Clarkson has a sprained ankle, so smoking Joe. I think... I haven't mentioned him in a long time, but I think you can probably drop Boyan Bogdanovich. He just never really got it going this year. Jordan Clarkson got too good or too relevant, I guess, maybe a better word. Joe Ingles remembered how to shoot. He's been too good. Boyan Bogdanovich is 71% rostered, and he is sitting at 198 on the season. Points leagues, you could make a better argument for it. Category leagues, he should have been dropped a long time ago, and I don't know why I never really mentioned it. He never really got it turned around. It seemed like there were brief moments where it was coming, and then it just sort of never did. Oh, well. Make him a guy you you stream. Turn that into a streaming slot in your playoff pit, uh, race. Philly blew out the thunder. Uh, no Tobias Harris in that one, although it sounds like he could be back pretty soon. If he misses any more time, Matisse Thibel is your guy. Love those Matisse streams. You're going to get four or five defensive stats. It's almost guaranteed. Oklahoma City was an interesting note over the weekend because not one, but two of their originally slated starters came back on the same night. Darius Baisley played 36 minutes in his return from a shoulder issue. Lou Dort played 29 minutes in his return from a concussion. And Alexei Pokashevsky hurt his arm early in this ballgame and went out. One in, one out. That's the way it's been going. We're expecting a Shea update here in the next few days, and I'm inclined to think that if they're willing to bring Baisley back and Dort back and not just play exclusively G-Leaguers these days, that maybe they will give Shea a little bit more time here towards the end of the year. So you got to hold on to him at least until we get this update. If it's like, oh, they will update again in two weeks, then yeah, you dump Shea at that point. But if, if the update is he's getting closer, then you hang on. Provided you have an injured slot and you're not in your playoffs. If you're taking zeros in your playoffs, you just have to cut a guy. Poku's a drop in anything other than a keeper or a dynasty format with the news that he's hurt and with the news that Baisley was back. I mean, that was already going to be pressing him. It's pushed him down to this 7-1 waif of a small forward. And uh, it seems like Moses Brown, who played 19 minutes in this ballgame, lost out a bunch to Tony Bradley, who they just needed against Joel Embiid. There was no shot there. Uh, Moses Brown is still your starting center, so you can hang on to that. Baisley and Dort have massive category league issues that we talked about for three months before they got hurt, and now we'll talk about them again now that they're no longer hurt. Uh, but they're probably both ads in points leagues because there's no Shea, meaning, and no, and no Horford, there's usage to go around. Baisley had team high in usage in this ballgame. 17 points, 5 assists. He actually did shoot the ball well, but had 9 turnovers. Yeah, you roll him out there in a points league format, and Dort, I could make a similar argument. 
He had 12 shots in his 29 minutes, which is a number probably that goes up for Dort. These two guys are both likely going to average more than 30 minutes the rest of the way. If you can stomach their bad percentages, you could make a case in category leagues. I personally don't want to because I want to at least have a shot in percentages unless you're punting them completely. But points leagues, yeah, hell yeah. Adam both and Svee, who had a short-lived burst here, he goes back to being nada. Talked about Detroit and Portland already. Washington got blown out by the Suns. There was one little note in this one. First of all, Bradley Beal's probable for the Wizards' second half, or not a second half of the back-to-back, on the uh, their game coming up tonight. So apparently that, that back issue from the weekend. This, I believe, was a second half of back-to-back. They played Friday, Saturday. Uh, which and, and when either Beal or Westbrook sits, then you get a little bit more from guys like Avdia. How Neto started and had 24 points. How the hell that happened with one assist. But the guy I want to focus on is not those weirdos. It's Daniel Gafford, who played 17 quality minutes in this ballgame. Nine and five, two assists, a steal, and a block. And he's been, by all accounts, the most interesting center on that Wizards roster. I don't think you need to add him because all three centers still played in a blowout loss. Len started and played just 12 minutes. Rolo which, by the way, underrated candy, played 15 minutes off the bench, and Gafford played 17. So he won the position battle. By the way, no uh, Davis Bertans in the second half of this back-to-back either. So Gafford won the center position battle, but damn, I don't know how they get him to mid-20s in minutes. I'd love it if they did. They were just like, sorry, Robin Lopez, you don't need to play anymore. But the Wizards are another team that continues, like the Kings, to delude themselves into thinking they have a shot at anything. They don't. They're horrible. You know, they'll beat the good team every so often, and they'll almost always lose to the bad team. Wizards are the 12 seed. They're three games back of the Bulls, two ga- or one game back of the Raptors. So mathematically, they're a long way from being eliminated. They, you know, they can delude themselves into saying, look, we're going to go on a run. We're going to go on a run. We're going to win four or five games in a row, and we'll be right back into this thing, which might be true, if they could go on a run. I don't think they do, but it also means that whatever Gafford hopes we have are probably going to have to get shelved for another week or two. Probably. Keep an eye on it. Sterling Brown got hurt in the Rockets game, played just four minutes, which left uh, additional time for DJ Augustine to wake up on uh, this uh, Saturday evening game. Um... You're not picking up Augustine. That's a pretty obvious one. You're not picking up Avery Bradley or K.J. Martin. Uh, you Really, you're just rolling with the starters in Houston. Jay Sean Tate, John Wall, Kelly Olynyk, who's been amazing, Christian Wood, who has not been amazing, and then Kevin Porter Jr., who has also not really been amazing. James Wiseman got hurt on the Warriors' side. He might be done for the regular season. Sounds like this was not a, a small thing for Wiseman, and that sucks because he was just... He was actually starting to play a little bit better. This young guy with these massive expectations and not even coming close to living up to them. The guy was being picked on, I would say, unnecessarily. Just a young giant. And the Warriors didn't really want to give him too many things to do. And I admit, like, I think anybody expected more out of him. This is, for all intents and purposes, good fantasy news for the Warriors. Because Wiseman at center pushed everybody into sort of a weird spot. In particular, Draymond Green. You can't have two guys on the floor who can't shoot at all. And that was what you had in Green and Wiseman, who were occupying the floor at the same time quite a lot. 
So the Warriors are going to be forced to go a little bit smaller. You'll see some Kevon Looney at center, but it won't be all that much of it. You're going to see a lot of Draymond at center. And the Warriors were an intensely fun fantasy team when they had Dre going at center. Steph, Wiggins, uh, Oubre's hurt. He has a sprained wrist right now. So you'll get some fill-in stuff. And, you know, in this last one, it was Kent Bazemore who played 32 minutes. Who, by the way, uh, you know, with Oubre being out for... I don't know, what's the prognosis? A week? Something like that? Let's get the latest, make sure we get this right. Um, apparently, he's unlikely to play in their game tonight. Said he was doing relatively well. They're calling him day-to-day. Kent Bazemore is a really interesting stream, even if you only get one or two games out of him. You know, you guys know that I've been on the Bays freight train for a long time. 32 minutes as a starter in the Warriors ball movement offense. He'll go nuts. He'll go nuts, especially with no center on the floor. I think I overlooked this one a little bit on Saturday night. I probably should have done something with it on Saturday. Jordan Poole had a better shooting game, but uh, yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I want to take a chance on that. Of him getting super hot again, he might, he might be getting started on a little hot run. But also, you know, they played the Rockets here. Bazemore's the guy you like. Low usage, he'll rack up value with steals, blocks, points. Eh, some points. Threes, mostly. Boards, assists. He'll get assists in this offense. Game or two out of Bays, I'd be thrilled. I'd be thrilled. I mean, I don't know. Ubre might be back by Wednesday, so maybe we're maybe we're spending too much time on Kent Bazemore. But to me, in, a, in 9-cat Roto, he'd be a very fun guy to use. Okay, um, that was, well, we gotta do, let's do the did anybody not play over the weekend game. Did anybody not play over the weekend game? Looking at Friday, beep, boop, beep, processing, processing, processing. No, everybody played over the weekend. Cool, we don't have to even look at Friday. Glorious day. I already told you guys we're recruiting, but I also need to tell you guys that we're excited to announce that we have re-upped our partnership with our buddies over at mybookie.ag. Love those dudes. And they've extended with us here at HoopBall. Thanks to us. Thanks to you guys. I hope you've been signing up with promo code HoopBall on that third page of signup. It does unlock various deposit bonuses should you go that avenue shortly thereafter. I would recommend it. Go to mybookie.ag. Open up a brand new account with promo code HoopBall. It's on the third page of sign-up. There's a little window that says promo code. And get started betting today. You can do it with a wager pass. Hoopball's wager pass is $9.99 a month. That's $0.33 cents a day for plays from nine different handicappers. A buck 11 each per month. No, you can't, uh, <laughs> you can't pay $7.77 and not get two of the nine handicappers. But $10 a month is obscenely low for the amount of work and picks that go into it. Personally... I've been on a furious run, 27 and 16 since the All-Star break, just going very low volume and high hit rate. That's where we're going with our NBA plays right now. So join us. Go to mybookie.ag, open up an account with promo code HOOPBALL. And I'll also tell you this, for folks that have already opened up an account, I know that there are a handful or more of you that have done it, even though this is a fantasy show, you guys know... They run these odds boost things generally when new sports get rolling. 
So, you know, I don't know what it might be, what what the next one's going to be, some big event where they'll have another promo. It's not the worst thing in the world to sign up your wife what, or, or husband, I should say partner, on the show. We don't want to exclude your partner, a parent, a brother, a sister, a good friend. A good friend, they should sign themselves up. You should be telling them to listen to the damn podcast. But, you know, like, for instance... I signed my mom up, willing to admit that. And you know what? She doesn't have to do a thing. I do the odds boosts for her, and they'd be like, hey, Ma, I did this odds boost for you this weekend. We made 200 bucks. Can I keep 50? Of course. She's your mom. She'll let you keep 50 bucks. So all I'm saying here is you guys could probably get more than one account open and use a few where the only thing you do is wait for promos and get in on those. I would advise you join us on the Wager Pass, but you don't have to. I'd also advise you join us us on the Fantasy Pass here, especially now that we're, you know, for a lot of you where your playoffs end on May the 9th, you get the Fantasy Pass for this month and just have pros guide you through your playoffs for a month. That's $4.99. All that stuff is over at hoop-ball.com under the premium tab. Of course, again, mybookie.ag, promo code HOOPBALL when you sign up. If you're into Bitcoin, it's very easy to make deposits and withdrawals, too. Doubly simple. Let's do a little Monday look ahead. It's a weird, it's a weird Monday, man. I don't, like, the Lakers and the Knicks. What do you think is going to happen here? Lakers just beat the hell out of the Brooklyn Nets. Drummond against New York. This feels like a slugfest, if ever there was one. Fantasy-wise, meh, not much. I really do think we are getting close to seeing Anthony Davis back out there for the Lakers, though. I think we're within 10 days of AD playing in a ball game. April 22. That's my, my marker. And I said that like two or three weeks ago, too. I said right around April 20th. I think you get him back mid-late month. We'll see, I guess. Uh, Nick's side, not much to monitor there. Just sort of waiting to see Derrick Rose do it a few games in a row. The Lakers, you're really just, you're waiting to find out who's in and who's out so you can figure out who to stream on that team right now. Philly, whether or not Tobias Harris is in, that's your play. If he's not, you can roll Matisse Thybul out there. Dallas, is KP playing? If not, when he sits, all of those wings get a bump. Jay Rich, Tim Hardaway, Jalen Brunson, if you want to call him a wing, all those guys get a bunch of extra usage and kind of move temporarily on the good side of the board. And then... Usually shift back the other way shortly thereafter. Spurs are pretty predictable. They got four useful fantasy players, and Keldon Johnson is not one of them. Orlando, who are these guys? Who's going to play? Orlando games are homework right now because I just I really want to know who's going to actually soak up the minutes. As we mentioned earlier on, Bamba, Wendell Carter Jr., Terrence Ross, those are probably the guys that you can actually trust right now. But what about Cole Anthony? Does he get slotted in? Maybe. Brooklyn with no Kyrie, uh, I don't think I'm venturing too far into that one. Minnesota with probably D'Angelo Russell sitting this one out, so that's, you know, more shelf life on Ricky Rubio. The Kings, is Mo Harkless really going to do this much? Mind-boggling stuff. I'm a little surprised New Orleans is only a two-point favorite here, but, you know, I guess there's a rest situation going on. Pels, uh... Yeah, I mean, you know, I've, I'm into the James Johnson stream thing. I know that his free throw shooting hasn't been that great, but 
he just does so many things. Washington sounds like they'll have Beal back, but keep an eye on Gafford. Utah missing a couple of guys, so it's Ingles time. Chicago still want to know what Larry Markinen's going to be. Eh, I think we have a pretty good idea on what everybody else is going to be. Grizzlies, it's all about everybody getting 22 minutes a game. JV, you trust. Ja, I guess. I know he hasn't been very good this year, but you trust him. Kyle Anderson, he's been excellent. Dylan Brooks will play minutes, and then everybody else gets 22. And you can probably drop most of them. I've been trying to hang on to DeAnthony Melton in places where I don't have to start everybody every week. Because he's too damn good when he plays his 18 minutes. But I don't I mean, coming back from a, a leg injury, that's a dicey spot. Houston, start the starters, basically. Phoenix, start the starters, basically. Maybe not Jay Crowder. Uh, Denver, start the starters. Warriors, stream that maze. Give him the Bay's gaze. I love it. Oh, I love Kent Bazemore. How did I not? How did I not jump on that as soon as it happened on Saturday? That's the weekend, man. That's what the weekend will get you. It even gets the best of us. I glazed right over the Bazemore line on Saturday when I was looking through my stuff. Poor form, Bespris. Poor form. Because if Ubre misses any more time, that's a that's a delightful couple of days. Okay, 55 minutes. That's pretty good, right? Put a pin in this sucker. Again, hit me up if you want to be a part of the Hoopball Mania. Coming down the chute here. Again, later this week, we'll start streaming discussions for now. We'll kind of keep it status quo here on Fantasy NBA Today. Rate and review the podcast. Please drop a five-star review on it. I'll be quite grateful to you for it. Subscribe if you haven't done so already. And again, please do follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Enjoy your Monday. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.